0: joining me today inside the bunker for my year in review episode, I want to spend a bit of time just talking about 2021, uh, playing some highlights of the podcast from the past year, as well as peek into what's coming in 2022 for season two of Inside the Bunker. I want to first off, before I start that, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Thank you guys for your support. Everybody that's reached out to me, that's liked all of my posts, that's following me on Twitter. It's been, it's been a fantastic journey and it's something I'm really looking forward to getting into even more in 2022 going forward. It's, it's been fun. It's, it's been a, an experience. It's been a learning experience, but it's been, it's, been, it's been fun. January was a fun month as well. I started the year watching Cobra Kai season three, which is cool because season four is coming out. Tomorrow, so me and my wife are going to probably binge watch season four this weekend, which is exactly how we started our 2021. So, I'm hoping it's just as good as season three. Season three was awesome. From all the reviews I've read, they seem to be really good, and super excited. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai before, definitely recommend it. If you like anything 80s, if you like anything Karate Kid, you should definitely check it out. It is amazing. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a good family drama. It's got some language and it's so not for total kids but it's got a very it's good for adults and kids i would say so it's but it's it's an amazing amazing show going into the rest of the month uh, january again was a pretty eventful one for me the bucks made the playoffs for the first time in 14 years and won a playoff game for the first time since they won the super bowl back in 2002 so almost what 19 years or so great great run to the playoffs uh, it was kind of a Hit it and done. <laughs> like they hadn't made the playoffs in so long. It's like we made the playoffs. And not only did they make the playoffs, they won the Super Bowl, which a lot of teams can't say, you know, after not making the playoffs that long that they go straight to winning the Super Bowl in their first year. I didn't expect it. I know a lot of people didn't expect it in the first season, but thank you, Tom Brady, I guess. And all the new acquisitions that the team made. It was, it was amazing. But it was cool to be able to finally experience playoff football for the first time. With my wife and her to experience the excitement of it and the Super Bowl, and we had a huge Super Bowl party with Buccaneer stuff, and it was pretty awesome. It was something I've we've always talked about since we started dating. Like, oh, if the Bucks ever make it to the Super Bowl, we're gonna have an awesome party. And yeah, so it the fact that it, it might not happen again ever. I mean, they made the playoffs this past week; they clinched the playoff spot. So we'll see if they go any further. But the fact that I got to experience it with her was pretty awesome. It was it was. One of the highlights of 2021, my wife and I, we celebrated our wedding anniversary in March, and I kind of took her on a scavenger hunt. We actually got our taxes done that day, which, you know, nothing says fun anniversaries like getting your taxes done. Uh, So that's a good hour, hour and a half of your life just kind of wasted that you can't get back. We celebrated it. We had scavenger hunts, um, which is basically what I did is I put A note in the car and said hey read this it was like a letter and it kind of gave her hints as to where we were going and i just started driving and she had to guess where we were going and it kind of recreated our first date our kind of first month's dating uh took her back to we ended up going to one of the first restaurants where we met at um the pizza gallery over in the town we live in and to world of beer, which was a kind of a fun story for another day, <laughs> but it was kind of a, like, that's where we ended up going after that. And then a carnival we ended up going to, there was a carnival here in town and that was one of the first dates we went to uh, when we first started dating. So it was pretty cool. She really enjoyed it. And it was, it was a cool experience and something that I'm, I'm happy she enjoyed it. The first five or six months of the year were pretty uneventful besides that. Um, I worked a lot and beside I mean, we, God, I would say nothing really happened uh, besides WandaVision, binge-watching that, binge-watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. The year was just meh. I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with COVID and everything got pushed back, movies, video games, everything. It was just a very, very uneventful year to start the year. It was a lot of working and everything. But the second half of the year was almost overblown with stuff. So it was crazy. But... June 19th was the day that kind of changed my whole course of the year, which is right near the middle of the year. I was given an opportunity to be on an episode of the 20 Years of 24 podcast with Ryan Richardson, who's the host of the podcast. He asked me to be a part of an episode to interview three New York Times bestselling authors, James Swallow, Dayton Ward and David Mack. I actually reached out to them and asked them if they wanted to be part of the podcast because he did post something Ryan did on his on the Facebook group asking you know hey if you can get a guest to be on the podcast you can be part of the podcast i'm like well they they wrote official fiction in the 24 universe so it'd be kind of cool to be able to be part of that uh so i reached out to them they agreed to hey it'd be fun to be on it so they came on and we're part of the podcast so Mm -hmm. that's what really kind of got me started with this whole inside the bunker it's again as i said in earlier episodes it's something I've thought about doing for years and just being able to actually be part of it and experience it was just a, another level of coolness. So I, I was part of that, being able to interview them. Shortly after the episode with Ryan, I decided, hey, I want to do this my own way and just do my own podcast and do the Inside the Bunker, the thing I've been talking about for years. So I decided to, shortly after launch it, on July 21st, I released my first episode. Not the best episode. It was done with my old webcam, my old, my old microphone. There was a lot of production issues. It was six minutes long. It was me introducing myself, saying, hi, this is something I'm going to be doing. Just kind of more of a test than anything. But it meant a lot to me to actually release it. And that's the thing is you can record all day. You can sit there and try to edit it and, and make it the most perfect video ever. And nobody will care. And I wanted to make sure that I had something out there that I can look back on one day and say, hey, this is how I started. And this is where I am now. And if you go back and look at my first episode or listen to it, it is by God awful to me. And just personally, I did get some good feedback about it. And people were like, oh, man, I'm excited. This sounds like a cool idea. So I appreciate those people that have stuck by me from the beginning. I really do. But it was something that I kind of, again, was kind of nervous about, and I didn't really have a script to go by. I didn't even have notes. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. Again, learning experiences. So for those of you that want to start doing content creation, podcasts, anything, I advise you just put it out there. Be, be, you know, jump off that cliff, if you will. It's it's liberating to finally get it out there and then learn from your mistakes. That's the biggest thing I can tell people um, as someone that's doing this now and someone that's trying to take it as serious as I can it's 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 liberating to actually do that so i released that first episode and then i had a couple of nfl predictions you know i did an nfl prediction episode as well as a get to know me episode shortly after which kind of was a longer version of the first episode that i did so here are some highlights from those episodes welcome everybody to inside the bunker i am your host keith bunker I wanted to today just really talk to everybody about a little bit more about what the show is going to be about. I just wanted to, like I said, thank everybody for all the support they've been giving me. I know I've gotten a few emails from people just kind of reaching out to me, you know, saying, hey, congratulations on starting something that you've never, you know, we didn't know that you were interested in. It's something I've been mulling about for four or five years, you know, starting a podcast and just kind of being able to talk about my hobbies, uh, interview important people in my life, uh, special people, you know, smart people that do really cool things, creators, everything. So basically, let me get into a little bit of my hobbies. Uh, We'll start with sports because that is going to be an area we are going to have some special episodes talking about sports when football season, you know, baseball season goes around. My personal favorite teams are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you're a, uh, Fan of any other team in the NFC South, I'm really sorry because they will be full of Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. However, I am going to try to stay fair and balanced when it comes to my content as far as not. I, I, I believe in positivity. I don't believe in you know bashing other fandoms, bashing other teams, bashing anything like that. Uh, the Seattle Mariners for hockey, for NHL. I follow the Florida Panthers um, and then my NBA team, the Orlando Magic uh, for movies. I'm a big fan of 1980s and on horror. So I have I have a couple things here. I was just going to, if you're on YouTube, you can check them out. This is from Kane Hodder. Something I got signed a couple years ago to Keith. Uh, just a couple months ago, got to meet Danielle Harris again. Got to meet her, if you can see that well. To Keith, you know, happy Halloween. Uh, comic books. I'm mostly a Marvel fan, my favorite comic book character is a lesser-known Marvel character by Moon Knight. Um, he is getting his own Disney Plus series next year, played by Oscar Isaac, which I am super stoked and super happy for. So you can mark it down right now on August 4th, 2021. I'm a fan of Moon Knight, so nobody can uh, try to say I was a bandwagon fan or jumped on because, oh, you watched the, the Disney Plus series or anything like that. I have promise you, I've been a fan since, gosh, 20-plus years. I've been a fan of... Moon Knight, so I'm, I'm super stoked for that. Uh, video games, I play everything. I prefer to play RPGs, um, The Witcher being my favorite series. I, I loved Witcher 1 and 2 as well for different reasons than Witcher 3. Witcher 3 obviously got the series into a mainstream form where everybody was consuming it and like, oh my god, this is the greatest game I've ever played. I did play Witcher 1 when it launched, you know, bad controls and all, and the Director's cut version of that, as well as Witcher 2. So when Witcher 3 came out, it was like icing on the cake. Like, wow, they totally perfected the formula for that game. And it was something I'm – I still – I've played through it three times and cannot wait for the next-gen upgrade when it comes out to be able to play through that. And also, I'm super excited. Probably the game I'm most excited for is not even really a game. It's an expansion for Final Fantasy XIV and Walker comes out in November. Super excited for that! Uh, during COVID last year, I binge played through that, pretty much from a level one character to a level eighty character in about two months. Which you know, it was it was great because I had some time off because of COVID. But it also you know I ran through the content so fast with no expansion. So I, I've kind of been bored lately with with that game. So I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back into that hardcore starting in November, and I'll I'll talk about that as well once once that comes out. Uh, Television, for everybody that knows me and anybody that listens to this podcast, I'm a humongous fan of 24, which aired from 2001 through 2010, and then they released in 2014 24 Love Another Day, which was a follow-up 12-episode event series, and then in 2017, 24 Legacy, which was a spinoff series set in the same universe but with different characters. I'm a huge fan of that, but I will be doing a lot of content regarding 24, so I'm, re- I'm really excited for that. If you look at the logo, there's a lot of meaning behind it. The inside the bunker um, has, you know, the 24 lettering, the digital clock lettering to kind of get my fandom for 24. Also, it follows the red and orange uh, color scheme in the background and also the foreground for the inside part. That's uh, Buck's colors for the, bu- you know, for those that don't watch sports. But Tampa Bay Buccaneers, again, huge fandom. I just wanted to spend a few minutes talking about some NFL. So I have the Browns coming out of the AFC North. The Buffalo Bills, I do believe, are going to win the AFC East. And then the Tennessee Titans, I feel like, are going to win the AFC South. And then, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to be number one. I feel like they're, they, again, are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, and I do think the Green Bay Packers are going to end up in first place again in that division in the NFC North. And I do pick the Dallas Cowboys to come out of the NFC East. The Los Angeles Rams, I think, are going to win the NFC East, and, or sorry, the NFC West. And then, of course, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yes, I'm being a homer a little bit, but obviously we won the Super Bowl last year, and the Bucks are one of the first teams in NFL history to ever return all 22 starters. So, if you win the Super Bowl and you return everybody from that Super Bowl team, and on top of that, the Bucks actually have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL this year based on strength of schedule, um, so... There's a lot of factors for that. I do think the Bucs are going to win the division um, pretty easily, I believe. And, of course, in the Super Bowl, I'm going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to repeat over the Tennessee Titans. I wanted to spend today a little bit talking about some movies and television shows. So I'm going to start off. This might shock some people. Those that know me, I know it shocked my wife. She was like, really? When I gave her this list and a couple other people. But uh, the Princess Bride. Terminator. Terminator 2 specifically, Judgment Day. And this is my James Bond box set for those of you on YouTube watching. Casino Royale, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Got the Nightmare on Elm Street collection. So for this one, it was Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. The original Die Hard. Star Wars. So, which Star Wars? I'm not going to cheat and say the entire Star Wars collection. Because there have been clunkers and there have been really good ones. To me, Star Wars Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I would say Fellowship of the Rings, my favorite. So, that's the one I'm including on this list. Who are you going to call? So, Ghostbusters. And then, my last movie on my list is Halloween 1978. So those are my movies, so let's get into the television series. We've got The Newsroom, Justified, my next show, The Shield, next show, Person of Interest, next, Prison Break, Lost, it's Homeland, it's 12 Monkeys, The X-Files, The Complete Series, 24. So following my solo outings of inside the bunker, I decided to move the house around a little bit. Well, me and my wife decided to move the house around a little bit, make it a little easier to record and make better quality episodes. You know, I I was in the corner of the house basically recording on a potato, it seemed like. So, you know, you couldn't really had no view, you can't see the 24 stuff behind me, my merchandise, you know, things if I want to do like a themed episode, couldn't really do that with the spacing. Of the house, so it was kind of, kind of not the best. Uh, I also decided to upgrade my entire recording setup. I got a new webcam, I got a new microphone, I got a new mouse, keyboard. I basically wanted to upgrade everything just to make it more production quality. You know, something that people could actually enjoy. On September second, decided I was going to invite Ryan Richardson from the Twenty Years of Twenty Four podcast as my first actual interview slash guest on the podcast. As kind of like a thank you for helping me unlock this passion of something I really wanted to do, you know, something in my free time that really kind of was, again, liberating something I always wanted to kind of get into. So I invited him on and I had a blast, you know, I released the episode, get a lot of great feedback from that episode. It's still the episode that I have, I think the second most recordings of, or people that have watched it, I should say. And it's, it was a blast to be part of that. And I thank you again, Ryan, you know, if you're watching this, listening to it, thank you so much for all the support. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me and we're still friends to this day. We still talk all the time. So that's pretty awesome. But thank you so much for that. And a week later, I interviewed a good friend of mine, Rick Shea, who is the owner of Famous Faces and Funny is a comic book store here in Melbourne, Florida, that I wanted him to be on the show, to kind of talk about the comic industry. It was right after Shang-Chi had launched. I felt like that was a cool thing, you know, let's do something comic book related. So Here are some highlights from those two episodes that I just spoke about. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Inside the Bunker. I'm your host, Keith Bunker. I want to start off by saying thank you for all the support that all of my followers on Twitter, Facebook, my friends, and my personal life have given me. It has been a journey, and I am so happy to finally be able to launch the podcast after years of talking about it. My first guest today is going to be a friend of mine that I have been talking to for a few months now uh, through the 24 Universe Facebook group. He's the host of the 20 Years of 24 podcast. He's done many interviews with a lot of the cast, crew, directors, everybody that's been involved with the production of 24. And without further ado... Please welcome my first ever guest to Inside the Bunker, Ryan Richardson. The following interview takes place inside the bunker. Events occur in real time. So, thank you so much for joining me. Oh,
1: I've been looking forward to this for a while. This is awesome. Awesome. I'm very, very, what I'm really excited about too is that Inside the Bunker is now a part of the Go Tell Someone network. the reason we, the reason I even started to go tell someone network is I had all these friends around that had, we're doing these cool sports related uh, pop culture related podcasts. And it was like, why don't we just create a hub where everybody can just go there and find something for themselves. Right. We're here to talk some
0: 24 today. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, of course. I mean, it's all about some 24. <laughs> so um, 24 for me really changed the landscape of television. I mean, when it I aired agree. back in 2001, it was just a great, I mean, that's a, Great television series. It was revolutionary. So, what got you personally into Twenty Four? Were you a fan from the beginning, or was it something that you got into later?
1: I was a fan from I want to say day half <laughs> because I uh, I had friends that were telling me you've got to watch the show. It, it it looks really good. It's very well done. And so I decided somewhere around I want to say January. I think I decided January of two thousand two. I dropped in on the show, and it was the uh, Terry. Uh, and again, hopefully I'm not ruining anything for you, but Terry running away, uh, and there was amnesia was involved. There was, there were, there were, there was amnesia was definitely involved. And so I dropped in on that episode and I remember going, what? So I stopped watching. Well, I stopped watching at that point, And I said, like, clearly I, I need to know what's going on before, you know, this happens. And so I just said, I'm going to wait. I'm not, not going to try to jump into the show. I, there's no reruns. I can't pick it up. So I just waited, and they released the DVD. What we found out through doing the podcast is that the DVD strategy came about because they said when they got greenlit for Season 2, they realized people have to know what happened in Season 1. So they rushed, Fox rushed the DVD set out so that people could get hooked on it uh, over the summer.
0: If if not the first show to ever do that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, later,
1: and plus DVD was kind of a newer medium. I know it came out in the late '90s, so the the only box set I had on DVD at that point was the X Files, season one. And there was still something about, and and I'm going to sound like an old man. There's gray here, Uh, but there's but there's something about seeing it week to week and having to wait and and having some major cataclysmic thing happen at the end, and then go, well, we're off for four weeks. Or yeah, that was the worst frustrating but 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 it, it kept it kept me tethered right it kept me you know wanting to know what was going on next yeah what made
0: you start the 20 years of 24 podcast I know this is the 20th anniversary of 24 for those that don't mm-hmm. know it came out in 2001 so we're in 2021 so 20 years what made you really decide this is something I want to do this is you know
1: something I want an avenue I want to pursue well it started uh, with the domain. Because I, I generally start everything with a domain. I'll get an idea. I, I'm uh, to, to my benefit and to my detriment, I'm an ideas person. It was about, I think, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I somehow I found John Kassar's email address. And, I, and John Kassar is the showrunner uh, for 24, but he is so much more than that. Uh, he's the historian. He's the, you know, he's, he's a lot of the driving force behind 24. Right. And so I found his email address and I just dropped him a note using my legal capacity to some degree, uh, to say, Hey, I've got this idea. I, I think I'd purchased before I even contacted him, I purchased 24 con 24 convention.com. And so I'm always trying to protect myself before I jump into something. So I contacted John and I said, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking." I said, "I'm in Windsor, which is a border city with Detroit. Uh, you know, you're Canadian. There's a lot of Canadians involved in 24. There's a lot of you know a lot of both people on both sides of the border. I want to do an actual convention uh, for the show at the 10-year point." And he got back to me like within a day, which was great, saying, "Hey, that's a great idea. Let's keep talking about this." And we had some conversations back and forth at that time, but at the end of the day, we said logistically it's kind of crazy to try to get everybody together i can an actor can't guarantee they're not going to be on set you know four months from now or a year from now and and so and then just the logistics of it kind of made my head explode so i decided okay i'm going to put this on hold but i never really let go of that i started doing my own people in your neighborhood podcast right as soon as kind of things shut down i said there's no excuses now I can't. I've got these ideas for doing a podcast, but there's all my all the barriers that were up are now gone. Now, now if I don't do it, it's my own fault. And so I just started asking friends, you know, who are all home. (laughs) Do you want to do you want to talk about what you're doing? And uh, we had some we've had some great fun with that. Leading up to this year, it just made sense to do a 20 Years of 24 podcast. Thinking initially, we'll get maybe four or five people involved from the show. Uh, we'll stretch it out over the next eight months, and then maybe we can do the convention. Uh, and then Justin got involved. Yep. And then Justin's a fireball. <laughs> Justin asked me, who do you want to get on the show? And I listed off a couple people, and we had them within, like, a week. Yeah. So then it, it ramped up the show by, you know, we've talked to 40 people. Like we just, I just talked to uh, Rayco Aylesworth last week, which, wow. which was our 40th guest. Uh, that was either cast or crew from the show, which, again, I was looking at maybe 10 maximum, right. and now we're at 40, and we're still going. It was a personal thrill to be able to ask Kiefer directly about that scene, you know, because the rumor had always been that he he didn't like that ending. And I'd, and I'd heard that for years, but I also I heard it from different interviews we had done. But to ask him directly how he felt about Terry dying, and he said... <laughs> He, he said, "It was." He said, "The comment was I went to the head of Fox and I said, we can't do that, uh, and I want my I want my my position noted for the record.'" And then her response was, "What record? We're not in court. What are you talking about?" It's, it's like a like baseball when they when they do the
0: I'm playing this game under protest. Okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, sure, uh, okay, that sounds good to me. If you're willing to do that, if a show is willing to, to take it that far, you have no idea what they're going to do next. So I don't feel, uh, you know, and again, this won't be popular among the fans, but I don't think expecting a 24 show with Kiefer full time is reasonable. And, you, and he's not the kind of person, the character you want to see behind a desk either, right? Right. Like if they bring 24 back and Jack Bowers behind a desk for 80% of the show, you're gonna fans are going to lose their minds on that. Right. Uh, I, I think what you could do, and I think... I believe this, again, this is my theory, and if Fox is listening, uh, we want to get uh, some compensation for these ideas that we keep throwing around on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, Star Wars, uh, a Star Wars story, Rogue One, right? So they didn't make it part of the original nine. They made it a separate, so that they could call anything, you know, a Star Wars story, and then they could spin it off into a different direction. Right. I think, I think one of the issues with uh, Legacy was Legacy, right?
0: Yes, twenty-four legacy. Yes,
1: uh, was that they didn't call it a Star Wars story, or sorry, a twenty-four story. If you would said it's a twenty-four story, then then the fans wouldn't have said, "Oh, we expect Jack Bauer is going to come back." Um, so I think if you had almost like a twenty-four universe, you know, almost like, like an MCU, you, you, where you have different stories that that kind of operate around the CTU universe, I yeah. think you could do it, and then I think you could have Jack Bauer make an appearance. Of uh, like I said. It's, it's if you watch those episodes now it's extremely physical and Kiefer does a lot of his own stunts Yeah, um, I know he said in his
0: interview with you he said he was, he was like I know you asked him you know would or Justin I think asked him would you be willing to come back and do 24 yeah. and he says oh, yeah, yeah I just hope they do it before I have to have a cane you know exactly. <laughs> I mean, he is getting
1: exactly. up there in age you know? so, yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, if we have if we have any part in helping to get this thing up and running again Um, I'd be very happy about that. That would be be awesome. As they've said, the story has to be as good, if not better than the original, right? Right. Nobody wants to see it come back and, and you go, "Mm."
0: so I decided to invite a good friend of mine, Rick Shea. He's owner and operator of famous faces and funnies in West Melbourne to come on and do an interview, talk about the comics industry and where it was going, you know, how different media has affected the comic book industry, good and bad. And it, was a great time, great interview. So, without further ado, here's my interview with Rick Shea. My question to you, starting off, what was really got you into the comic industry as a whole, including, you know, owning your own comic store and business?
2: Um, I've just been a comic book fan my whole life. Started reading comics first way back in 1986. Uh, started with GI Joe Yearbook Two, and just a few years later, I was um, helping out at a store. Just started helping over at Space Coast Comics when I was like 13. Um, probably not the safest drive there, riding my bicycle down US-1 uh, from Valkyria, but um, basically just, you know, uh, loved what I was doing and, um, you know, and went from there to work at another store and then Famous Faces and eventually bought uh, bought the shop from uh, the former owner who I worked for for several years. But um, yeah, I've just always been a comic fan and it's a, a dream come true to kind of work in this industry and talk to people what we're passionate about, you know, what we enjoy.
0: What personally, um, on a personal level, what's your favorite all-time writers, artists in the comic industry that you grew up, like, got, really got you into? Like, man, I really want to do this for a living.
2: Um, I mean, uh, you, you know, it, of course, it's changed over the years, you know, or tastes as they've, you know, as, as new things have come out. But yeah, some of my favorite creators, uh, it's mostly, like, bigger writers I follow. Brian came on, was lucky to kind of get in, a, a you know, a friendship and a relationship with him when he first, you know, started with, uh, even before Why the Last Man, Jeff Johns, Brad Meltzer, Um, You know, Donny Cates has just been the biggest uh, writer the last few years. James Tinian. There's just so many talented creators out there. Um, So many incredible artists to follow. I mean, we're we're really in a golden age of um, geeky entertainment. And it's amazing that, you know, not just the MCU, but, you know, you get to see so many great movies, TV shows and shows on Netflix and stuff that are popping up that are based on comic books. And as more people go, Oh man, I want to know more about invincible. Oh, what, where do I need to jump in at the boys? You know, like there's so many good um, things that are coming from comics. We're just in a, a, you know, a, we, we've been a part of geek culture for, you know, decades now, but it's, you know, pop culture is geek is, you know, geek culture at this point, whether it's Marvel or star Wars or whatever. Or just the, you know, the craziest independent book is getting optioned, you know, within five issues or sometimes before it even ships to become the next movie, the next Netflix series, whatever. And we're really seeing that pay off. Um, as far as um, you know, people coming in going, Oh man, invincible, I have to know what happens next. Oh my god, that, that really got me hooked. You know, where do I jump in? And uh, thank thanks to Image, thanks to Robert Kirk, for keeping that stuff available and printing so many copies that you know, millions of new fans jumped aboard and they mostly, you know, really did come over and check out the comic. Uh, Every Saturday we do just toys, pops, uh, statues and merchandise in general. And it's worked really, really well. Got a great pattern. And there's some people that watch every Saturday. There's some people watch every Monday night. um, And there's some people that literally almost never miss a live sale. We've had customers that have watched live sales from... Uh, a wedding uh which i'm like wow. dude that seems extreme i was like and he's like oh it's it's my mom's third marriage don't worry about it i was like oh my god <laughs> skip this one um and then we've had someone else that i almost don't want to say this out loud because it sounds terrible someone watched part of our lifestyle from a funeral and i was like no i was like that's too far i was like we appreciate that you're a loyal loyal viewer but uh that seems excessive we were like oh my god that's that's crazy uh so, yeah, that's kind of that. loyalty, we're, though. We're, we're I mean. have that passion that they don't want to miss what we got because they're like, oh, I can't miss when you guys do bonds and silver. I know you're going to have some good stuff at fair prices. So, But that seems excessive. Yeah, weddings and funerals. you Just maybe take the day off from watching our lives.
0: There. Then we go into October. October was a great month. Uh, it's also my favorite month of the year. I know it's weird, but I'm, I'm a huge Halloween fan for those, obviously, that listen to the podcast or know me personally. Halloween is my favorite month of the year or favorite holiday Slash month of the year of being in October, but I released five episodes that month, which was a new record for me. I I had a lot of content. I released a Halloween kills review episode, a no time to die James Bond review episode. I released a episode about Phantasm uh, 2021, which is a convention we went to. We also went to spooky empire there was a lot of stuff going on that month. Uh, it was really eventful. I had two conventions, as I was saying. Got to meet some celebrities. Got to meet some cool people. It was it was a blast. Um, again, that's probably the month I'm going to continue to have the most content out is in October because there's just so many cool conventions to go to, so many cool people to meet, good movies. You know, it just seems like. Just that was a good time for me. It was right before the craziness of my personal life, getting into retail, doing all that, getting into the holiday season. So it's always a good time of the year, too. But here are some highlights from all of my October episodes. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this past weekend, uh, October the 1st through the 3rd, there was a convention, Phantasm Orlando 2021. So the reason we even decided to go to this convention, what started off... Is I'm a huge fan of the Grim Life Collective. They're a traveling horror show on YouTube. They basically, it's a it's Michael and Jessica. They're a husband and wife couple that they travel the country visiting real-life horror locations, famous grave sites, filming locations, murder and death sites, weird roadside attractions. They went to Area 51, for example, and kind of filmed a very a, a video about their adventure that, and pretty much anything else they can find along the way. They're the nicest people in the world like i what well, i'm a fan of them because of their passion and i told michael this when i got to meet him i was fortunate enough to be able to meet him here and told him i was like your passion for the content that you create is infectious it's very he's so excited about everything he does and and that's what makes me like him there's a lot of people that do what they do as far as doing filming locations and kind of you know all of that kind of content but they to me do it the best as far as how fun they make their videos. They're very funny. They, 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 he knows his stuff. He, he gives facts, with you know tries to line up the shots and everything. They were super nice, super fortunate enough to meet them. They took some pictures with us and talked for a good 10 to 15 minutes. We also got to attend their panel. They had a panel. Uh, they were showing their Tom Savini episode. They actually got to do a walkthrough of his horror museum, and did a video for that. So they were screening that there as well as doing a Q and A panel. So we got to join them for that. So Michael and Jessica from Grim Life Collective. I also was fortunate to go and meet Nick Castle. Nick Castle is the legend that played Michael Myers in the original Halloween 1978. He signed my Michael Myers mask. I have a replica of the 1978 Michael Myers, William Shatner mask. And he was fortunate enough to, you know, he he signed that for me and very gracious to do that. And I also was able to meet James Jude Courtney. He is the man behind the mask in the Halloween 2018 movie, as well as this month's Halloween Kills and next year's Halloween Ends. Also, super nice guy. He signed my mask as well. I'm going to get a mannequin head and post, you know, have that on my mantle. I was also fortunate enough to meet Sean Clark. Sean Clark, he is the host and creator of Horrors Hallowed Grounds. It's also another traveling kind of. You know, they travel the country and kind of go and make videos based on filming locations from, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, all of the horror stuff. And we also were able to attend the panel for the Halloween saga from beginning to end, which was some, one of my, like, highlights of the day. The name is Bunker. Keith Bunker. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Inside the Bunker. I'm your host, Keith Bunker. I was able to see No Time to Die last weekend, and I have been promising a review. So, where would I rank it as far as the Pantheon of the Daniel Craig movies? I'm not going to do a ranking of all the James Bond movies. That would take me forever, and I would have to go back, honestly, and rewatch every single one from the very beginning. But since I just watched the Daniel Craig ones, I can kind of give my ranking as far as where I would rank this on the James Bond list. My favorite, again, if you saw my episode a couple weeks ago, my top 10 movies, Casino Royale, it's on my top 10 movies. That's obviously my favorite of the Daniel Craig movies. This movie did not change that. I love Casino Royale. That is my top tier as far as the James Bond, Daniel Craig movies go. I would say, followed by Skyfall, I would say Spectre would probably be my third favorite. Um, Followed by this one, No Time to Die, and then Quan Salas. I'm super excited today to talk about Halloween Kills. I finally was able to see the movie. It has been a two-year wait for the movie. I will say it's probably the goriest in the series since the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. And that's good and bad if you're a fan. I mean, it depends. If you like a lot of gore, you're going to love it. There's a lot of a lot of blood, <laughs> a lot of... Uh, heads being crushed a lot of a lot of stuff like that a lot of stabbings a lot of eyes being gouged out you know there's all kinds of different kills there i will say this is actually one of the few halloween movies i mean he's very inventive with his kills i mean he he there's one part he breaks a light fixture and basically stabs someone through the throat with a light hello everybody and welcome to inside the bunker i wanted to introduce two friends of mine sean and john they happen to be real life brothers. They look exactly alike. (laughs) So uh, both of them are actually friends of mine. They're not brothers. They basically um, look a lot alike. And a lot of people get them confused uh, throughout the neighborhood um, that we're in uh, when we go to each other's stores and stuff like that. So it's kind of funny. So thank you, John and Sean, for coming and joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. So we're here to talk some NFL. Uh, a lot of people listened to my first episode and gave me some feedback on like preseason picks. I got a lot of feedback for it because you know I made some picks that other people weren't happy of and stuff like that. Which again, I'm fine with because it's preseason and um, I'm not Nostradamus. So we're gonna kind of do, do like a kind of mid-season little analysis of where each division is, whether it kind of matched our picks of where we were at the beginning of the season, and also some surprises and disappointments for each division. I mean, it's what you predicted. The Bills are number one.
1: I think there are two losses to Tennessee, and I think who is their other? I don't even know who their other loss. The Steelers. Was it the Steelers in on week one? Yeah. 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 Those are both they.
0: They're flukes, obviously. I think the Miami Dolphins is probably my biggest disappointment so far this oh, season. I, as you know, I picked yeah. them to make a wild card. Do, Honestly, do you agree, John, with your with your picks? Is it pretty much? what Yeah, you I
3: pretty much. Um, I looked back at the games I thought people should have won and lost. And the records are right where they should have been. But there was a, a thing where, you know, you're like, I don't see the Dolphins going into New England and, and beating them. But then you look at my uh, New England this year, and they're just not winning at home.
1: Yeah.
0: I've always agreed, yeah. Putting them to the fire, I mean, I can see both sides of it. I see the, the good and bad of like, okay, get, him, get his feet wet, put him in a game. But you can also kill someone's confidence with that as well. Yeah, And, yeah. and you Especially, might see some ghosts. You know, like Sam Darnold. <laughs> exactly. My picks are exactly where the division is right now. So the Bucks leading the division, followed by the Saints. And then you got the Falcons and the Panthers kind of playing for last place. So, but that's a, exactly where I thought the division would be. So Super Bowl picks. After the first seven weeks of the season, it's still early to pick Super Bowl picks because obviously things change yeah. and things happen. What are your guys's? Super Bowl picks, what you would just confidently say. Like, I could see these two teams being in the Super Bowl this year.
3: I'm going to say Buffalo. And until you beat them, I guess Tampa. Because, I mean, I could see Buffalo and maybe the Rams. But, again, the Rams did that thing sometimes in the playoffs. They just don't – I want to say don't show up, but they do get beat. So, that's – I I would say probably Buffalo and Tampa.
0: Uh, Yeah, Tampa because of Brady. Like I, I will, I hate him. I can't, I can't vote against him. You know, he just I hate him with the passion. 22 straight years of him being or 20 years of him being in the division. I will, I hate him. I, I get it. I, respect I, him. I Trust me as a Bucks fan. I get it. I, I don't have any kind of loyalty to Brady as far as um, I don't no, hate he stole, him. Because... He goal for a Super Bowl last year. I don't hear it. <laughs> hey, maybe two, hopefully it, it's going to be them. I really think it's going, as of right now, I think it's the Titans hey, I, I agree. Um, actually, that was my Super Bowl pick to begin the season. It was yeah. Tennessee and Tampa. And I'm sticking by it. I'm going to stick by my guns. I was a little disappointed with the Jets loss. to the to, When the Titans beat the Jets, I was like, where did that come from?
1: Yeah.
0: I, I'm sticking by it, though, to have a Tennessee Titans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl. That is my pick, and I'm sticking to it. And I really wanted to do an episode, just a quick little Halloween special episode, doing the reading of the Legend of Halloween for October 31st. So, I purchased a book this past week. It's right here called The Legend of Halloween. There's a town called Haddonfield. Some folks say it's cursed. It started many years ago on October 31st. Where did he go? Under the bed? In a closet? Behind a tree? It seems for now the shape is gone. But there's always, always, next Halloween. Then November. November is a month that usually is the most stressful for me November December because of again my work but November 6th was a day I will never forget it was the day it was the 20th anniversary of 24 which was the whole point of the 20 years of 24 podcast that I was part of and they had a virtual convention with all the actors or a lot of the actors and people that were involved with the show directors showrunners everything and I was asked to be a moderator for one of the panels for one a- for a one hour panel with the authors I was speaking about earlier, David Mack, Dayton Ward, James Swallow, as well as Tara Bennett and Stephen Keslowitz, who wrote two other 24 novels, The Towel of Jack Bauer* and the 24 Companion novels. So I was asked to do that in front of, you know, a a good amount of people, something I've never done before. Uh, It was 300 plus people I think were joining in to watch the convention as well as, you know, all of the people from 24. Thank you for joining me for a really quick episode of Inside the Bunker. I have been asked a lot about my 24 collection. Every episode I do, someone's pointing out something in the background and everything. So I wanted to, for the 20 years of 24 anniversary, give a just quick tour of the house and kind of what my 24 collection looks like for those that are interested. Here I have all of the 24 media that's pretty much been released in chronological order of when it would take place. I know that there's a lot of debates on you know, the 24 declassified novels being canon and everything, so I kind of just set them in any kind of order. But um, yeah, you have 24 Trial by Fire by Dayton Ward, 24 Declassified, the comic books, uh, the 24 Nightfall comic that came out. That's a graphic novel for that. And then all of the declassified novels followed by season one the findings at ctu season two 24 the game and this 24 the game is actually an imported version from the uk that's a steel book some more comics season three more declassified 24 season four season five season six redemption then seven and eight i also have deadline and rogue by james swallow and david Mack, live another day 24 legacy on dvd The Rules of Engagement graphic novel that came out before 24 Legacy. A 24 Omnibus that collects all of this content and one, all the comic books at least. I also have the paperback versions of Deadline and Rogue. As well as another copy of Live Another Day. Behind the Scenes, the editing process. An extremely rare DVD actually. I found at Best Buy. That's got a lot of cool information. But it's got some awesome stuff in there. The Official Companions by Seasons 1 and 2, 3 and 4, 5 and 6, 24 Behind the Scenes by John Kassar. I have two copies of that because the DVD didn't work. That came with one of them, so I ended up buying a second copy. We have the Official CTU Operations Manual, 24 and Philosophy Novel, and a bunch of other novels written by various other people that have really studied 24 and the impact it's had on television and just pop culture in general including the towel of Jack Bauer. This is a 24, Day 8, Episode 24, the finale episode of the original series, before Love Another Day was even a thing. Signed by Howard Gordon, Kiefer Sutherland, and Mary Lynn Reiske. Had an awesome experience meeting Howard Gordon back in 2011 for a book signing, and he was gracious enough to send me this, and I can't thank him enough. My prized possession. Thank you guys for joining me inside the bunker today to check out my 24 collection. I wanted to thank everybody that's been involved with 24, Joel Cernow, Bob Cochran, John Kassar, Howard Gordon, Kiefer Sutherland, the list goes on. I could spend an hour and a half talking and, and naming every single person that has been involved with this fantastic show. It has made a huge impact on my life. So happy birthday to 24. It was a nerve wracking experience. But it was also something I will never forget and something I will always cherish for the rest of my life. I can't wait to share more information about it for those that couldn't join me on November 6th and watch the convention. They will be releasing the video from that at a later date. So I will be sure to link on my social medias and everything where you can find information about it. So you can see the great experience that was the 20 years of 24 convention. It was fantastic. It was, again, something I will cherish for the rest of my life. And then in early December, I had Brian Edwards join me, who he is a the actor and director slash creator of 24 One More Day, which is an indie film set in the 24 universe. And he joined me for an episode, had a blast with him, super nice guy. And it, 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 was, it was a fantastic experience being able to talk to him. Um, he had some cool stories as well, but it, it was a blast. And then in December... On December 9th, I was asked to co-stream the Game Awards. I actually applied, you know, saying, hey, why not? I'm going to try something that I've never attempted to do. Again, shoot your shot. And I was picked to be a co-streamer on the December 9th Game Awards with Jeff Keighley hosting and everything. I got sent an official co-streamer badge, which was awesome. And talk video games for four hours. It was like a four straight hour um, co-stream event. And it went pretty good. I had a bunch of people join me. We were talking through the chat. You know, I was trying to, uh, you know, interact with everybody. Again, this is coming from someone that doesn't do this on a regular. So, I'm, again, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm going to try to up my production qualities every time as much as I can do. And, and really... You know, it was, it was a blast and something I want to do in the future, you know. So when they have like E3 and have the other conventions, I would love to continue to do that. So here are some highlights from what we just talked about. I have with me today fellow 24 fan, actor for hire, filmmaker, and all around nice dude, Brian Edwards. Uh, he released a 24-minute fan film based on the TV series 24 last week called 24 One More Day. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brian.
4: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, I still can't get over that stuff behind you. I'm, that's the whole time you were talking. I'm just looking at everything behind you. What what 24 did for television, not just, um, you know, for for television itself, but like the genre, you know, what you could accomplish in that many episodes and, and, you know, the legacy it left behind for television itself. It's crazy. And now we have overheal, which is basically our, our mature, like we've matured into it. Now we have proper cameras, proper gear. You know, we have a, a better vision of what we want to do. And it, it stopped being a hobby. And now it's kind of, you know, something we like doing on the side while we're all doing our our professional stuff, like my acting and uh, whatever Chambers is up to nowadays. But,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well Yeah. And following you on Twitter, I know you're you're super passionate about it. And that's <sighs> something I love because I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like this podcast, I started it in July um, with, you know, after being on 20 years of 24. And I was like, I'm yeah. going to do my own. And it's a passion. I'm just doing it for fun. I'm not doing it for anything other than, you know, getting people's words out there, doing interviews and stuff like that. But um, mm-hmm. it's, I I love the passion. Like i have always enamored with people. That's like, go do what you want to do. You know, you everybody yeah. has a vision. Everybody has creative, you know, liberties of whatever they want to do. And I just I, I love that. I mean, following you on Twitter, it's awesome. <laughs> so see, and I love it because I I want to be
4: infectious. Like it's I, we we live such short lives, and mm-hmm. people are just so passionate about certain things, but they're afraid. Right. And I don't know, like, I don't want to say it's fear necessarily, but they're, they're not willing to take those chances. And I'm not that kind of person. Like I, I could get rid of all of this to, to do what I love. No problem. Like I wouldn't look back because I believe so firmly in, in what I'm pursuing, you know, even if there's people out there who don't, it's, it's something deep down inside of me that just, I can't stop. But, but the fundamentals are there. If you want to learn six of making some kind of moving image, you know, the, everything's at your fingertips. Like literally this, this is the phone we shot our last thing on before I got, uh, you know, uh, the black magic camera, which, you know, that's my first proper camera quote unquote. Right. So, yeah, it was just, um, you know, with the podcast, like just do it, what do you like? What, what do you got to lose? Really? I know it, it's something no too. I've been talking watch, about like, like
0: for five, six years. And I was just like, man, like and then being on it with Ryan and me and him kind of were talking and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah. let's let's do this. Me and my wife just decided let's go all in, you know, let's yeah, you know, let's, let's do yeah. it. So but, you honestly
4: got nothing to lose, man. If you don't yeah. try, that's the worst thing. Well, while, while it is a fan film, I I do want to, you know, do my own thing. I do want to tell my own story in that world. I'm I'm not a big fan of just taking you know people have done this in the past and won't name names but (laughs) certain YouTubers will take an idea uh, let's just pick a random one like Halo right and it's like okay great so you're gonna do Master Chief he's gonna go shoot some people and like you know I've seen that I've played it right what about if you were to take you know another Spartan or you know someone who was in the Spartan program and maybe didn't you know pass it or something like what are they doing right. So that's always my thing, you know, with The Division, Destiny and and now 24 is like, let's pick characters that, you know, nobody knows exists or maybe they existed briefly and we didn't get enough storytelling from them and and go from there.
0: Obviously, last week you released 24, one more day. Yeah, on YouTube, which is your largest project to date, which, first of all, huge congrats. That's I mean, I know it's a big deal to you. I know I've been following <laughs> you and kind of I know you're super excited. A huge congrats. I know you were nervous <laughs> to get it out in the world. Yeah, still still nervous. It was great. Anybody thank that has you. not watched it, it's freaking awesome. Um, so so thank you for that. Thank you. That means a lot. Seriously. <laughs> uh, so take me through the process of conception to release for it. When did you decide that you wanted to tackle the 24 universe on a grander scale?
4: Oh, man,
0: uh, I, I want to say I've said it
4: before on, on Twitter, but I, I want to say it's about six years ago when the idea kind of popped into my head where uh, I wanted to know more about Josh. Right. Shows up one season, goes through all this crazy stuff and then is gone. Well, Never mentioned like, no, the game. I don't think. <laughs> right. We have this huge family drama for like two seasons, basically. Well, like one and a half, we'll say. Yeah and then and then josh shows up and you have this character who's prime for you know he's he's no longer spoiler if anyone's never watched 24 uh what's wrong with you
0: yeah i was gonna Um, say
4: (laughs) you have this character who's like just sort of abandoned and then like literally has no family other than jack and i guess his mother at that point um what what happened so Mm -hmm. that's sort of you know that idea was was kind of in my head for a few years and um I, I always I think from the start, it's always been about Josh. I wanted to do more something with Josh and like what he was doing after the fact, it was, you know, what I would do if 24 was to return. um, uh, But with Josh uh, and and what he's been doing, you know, in his late 30s, I think roughly if you do the math and when the seasons take place, I think he's about in his mid to late 30s right now.
0: Yeah, because uh, he was probably. Wise, Early teens and I think he was six. like 16, 17 or yeah. something or mid yeah. mid-teens, yeah. So yeah, and with yeah, the yeah. time jumps, they've had so many different time jumps. Yeah. So that's... then with that in my mind,
4: I was like, okay, well, if they didn't go with the whole him being Josh's son thing, which was like you know, we talked about this before, yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> that's
0: been a rumor for years, like a fan theory and everything else. So like uh.
4: so, so playing in the playground that he was Graham's son, you know, uh Graham Bauer was bald. I was like, Well, hell, I'm bald. <laughs> uh that works think, that works i think the actor who played josh had blue eyes i have blue eyes or or you know give or take roughly the same shade i was like man i could do this so i wrote it for me i was like i'm already an actor i already need material anyway uh there's a pandemic i got nothing better to do i'm just gonna write this story that i've wanted to write forever and and get it over with right but our biggest problem going back to like you know our, our youtube indie stuff is like mm-hmm. we can't get locations. And, and try shooting 24 where you got to run around with guns and vests that say CTU on it in a public place. Right. So I said, OK, I'm going to have to fund this. I have no choice. Otherwise, it's not getting done. I can't afford to do this on my own. So I had thrown it up as a Kickstarter with no, I didn't tell anybody anything about what we were doing. I just said, oh, we need locations to film our, our YouTube videos and didn't say anything about 24. Nobody in the cast. Nobody, not even Anthony, who who was our cinematographer and like my partner in this, he had no idea what it was until like a week before we actually started prepping for shooting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know the biggest compliment, me and my wife, we sat down when you sent it to me and we we watched it and her biggest thing, she was like, there's no more. <laughs> that, that And mm. I was like, well, that's a compliment because I mean, she wanted to watch more. She's like, is that how it's going to end? I'm like, well, yeah, it's a it's a proof of concept pilot. There's no yeah. there's no sequel to it. Hopefully it gets, you know, something rolling, but we'll see. And and that's good because, you know,
4: with any series that I've made, like even with the destiny ones, I I want the cliffhanger. I I want people to tell me they want more. Uh, So that's great. When you told me that I was I was actually, you know, warm my heart. Yeah, I honestly believe and I might be crazy to most people. I honestly believe we have a valid idea on how to reintroduce this show while keeping the Bauer universe, like keeping it in the family. I do have an idea. Uh, on how to take some some modern relevant uh, tech and stuff to turn this series into something, but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But hey, if I don't. if I was to have a meeting right now with with John Cassar or, or any of the the people involved, there's two ways I could make this show come back, and one being the way we did it for our 24 hour day, and another that I I don't want to spoil. Uh, maybe yeah. one day I'll talk about it. Hey, hey you never know. It might be because um... I know someone will take it. I know it, it's really good and it's really relevant to today. Um, and I oh. know someone will take it. <laughs> so uh, I don't, cool. I don't, yeah. wanna, I don't want to. Hey, don't it spill up. the
0: beans. Don't spill the no, beans. No, man. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Keep it close to the chest until it's ready to go out to the world. Yeah. So yesterday <laughs> we were chatting a little bit about uh, you had a meeting with Kiefer and that led to an embarrassing audition for 8 Survivor. That's what you said to me. So I, what's the story yeah. behind that? So my
4: agent called me. Like, this is quite a few years ago. He was doing a music video for Shirley Jean. Uh, OK, yep. one of the songs I, I believe is dedicated to his mother. Um, he was doing a music video with Robert Nepper where they were they're in a prison and they needed prisoners. Um, so my agent calls me. She's like, want to work with Kiefer? I was like, of course. Like, Duh. what kind of question is that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she already knows. Like my, my agent is well versed in all the things that I love. And she knows that Kiefer is like top priority on my list. And I said, of course, I'll work with Kiefer. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And it, it's nothing. I'm just sitting in the background, you know, playing a prisoner. Uh, so I show up, we do, we do the, uh, you know, prep our wardrobe block kind of stuff. And I go get a coffee at the craft truck. I come back. All the prisoners are gone. I'm like, <laughs> where'd everyone go? Like, Oh, they're on set. You know, come with us. I get there. is talking to the camera guy. All the prisoners are in the cells. I'm the last one. They're like, there's no more cells left for you. It's like, so what do I do It's like, Oh, just stand off to the side. Didn't get in the video because I was too busy getting coffee. So anyway, the day goes by, I'm waiting to see if they still need me. They never need me, right? So I'm like, okay, we're getting close to rap. I can't show up to a set that has Kiefer there and not, you know, at least say hi and 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 get a picture, right? But I also hate being those guys who like you're trying to work. Right. I don't want to bother the talent or the the person in charge, basically. Uh so I didn't, I didn't like rush him when he was on his break or anything like that. And then, you know, I got to like I got to rap and I was like, okay. I have to say something. I got to be that guy. Like, I'll never see him again. Right. Like in my head, I'm like, this is it. This is one shot. The only yeah. time I'm ever going to meet Kiefer Sutherland. I have to say something. Screw it. What do I got to lose? Nobody knows who I am. I'm just going to go. So I go up and I'm very polite and, you know, he's very charming. And obviously I could tell he was just not having it because everybody and their mother was doing it before me. Um, so I get I get a picture with him, Cherish it forever. It's it's amazing. And I leave. And then I think like months later, I get a call for designated survivor. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get another chance to be on set with Kiefer. And I'm starstruck. Right. So I'm like, okay, go all the way to Toronto, grab, get in my audition. I got everything memorized and like I'm ready to nail this, this like two lines with Aaron. It's supposed to be with Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, his chief of staff, I yeah. believe. I get in the audition and the, you know, the casting director and I think, I think the producer or something was there. And um, I completely tank it. And I like stumbling over my words and I I forgot how to act so that you could tell the guy was very nice. He's like, okay, let's try it again. Just take a breath. Yeah. And then I tank it again. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I'm sorry guys, but thanks for seeing me. Right. So I leave, call my agent and I'm all like, you know, depressed on the phone. Like I can't believe I embarrassed myself. I'm sorry. And, She's like, don't worry about it. I'll just tell him you're like starstruck and you couldn't handle it or something like that. So she calls him, and and uh, turns out I had a I had a hold, which basically means it's between myself and another person, mm. right? So I was like, okay, there's still hope. I didn't completely, you know, bomb. Ended up not getting it, and uh, it's just it was just such a silly story. <laughs> uh,
0: I want to say in closing, I love the passion you put behind your project, and, and also on Twitter. If you're not following on Twitter, I'll include your Twitter handle on the video, um, but you know, please follow him, like him, subscribe. Oh, thank you. And I
4: honestly appreciate it because aspiring artists and, and, you know, indie creatives like myself, we need people like you to help us shine.
0: So going into 2022, what can we look for more of in the podcast? So I would say more, more, more. (laughs) I'm planning on doing more content. I'm trying to get on a weekly schedule. So you guys have something on certain days. Uh, Once I announce that, I will let you all know. More interviews, more reviews, more ranking lists. Uh, We have Moon Knight coming out on Disney Plus, the series, obviously, as I was saying earlier in an episode, my favorite Marvel superhero. So I'm going to be doing a weekly deep dive into those episodes as they come out so we can talk some Moon Knight. I also plan on having a lot more video game content. For those that know me and know how much into gaming I am, I did not really... much of anything gaming related except for doing the co-stream at the video game awards and i would love to change that by maybe reviewing either classic games or games in my collection you know maybe going back replaying them and kind of doing like a like a review and possibly new games so we're gonna we're i'm kind of mulling over that idea now to see what you guys would want you know and please leave me a comment on this video or uh email me at inside the bunker podcast at please email me let me know what you guys want but it's something i really want to get into more of the gaming the video gaming community and and do reviews and do deep dives into certain things and news and things like that so that would be awesome and also i have a special 24 themed episode series planned so that's a hint um so yeah i can't i don't want to really give away what it's going to be but we will i will have an announcement on that very soon but it's something 24 related And that's all I'm going to say. So for those 24 fans, please come and check me out. If you or anyone you know are interested in joining me also to be on the podcast as a co-host for any of the topics we talked about, so video games, 24, anything like that that wants to join me, you know, even just a little bit and talk about these topics, I would be happy to have you join me to kind of, you know, have someone to shoot back ideas at and everything like that. Uh, Please reach out to me at InsideTheBunkerPodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to have you join me uh, as I continue my passion project into 2022. I, again, thank you all. Um, Please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go on to InsideTheBunkerPodcast.com and check it out. It has all links to all of my social media, has access to my email, everything like that. So that way you can reach out to me. Please let me know if you're interested on in joining me, even just to talk a topic that you want to talk about. And it's something that I feel like I could, you know, contribute to the conversation and maybe hold a conversation. in, you know, let me know. I'm, I'm interested in talking to you guys. It's It's been a blast and something I really look forward to, to doing in the future. So happy new year, everyone. Be safe. Don't drink and drive all that jazz. I shouldn't have to say that. But, you know, it is you know, there are some dumb people out there so but thank you guys for joining me inside the bunker i appreciate it and i look forward to seeing you guys in 2022 take care